house of God. I tell you what, do you feel the presence of the Lord? I tell you what, if you don't feel it, you feel it's gone. I think about what God says in 106, verse 1 of Psalms. He said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. He went on to say in 107, verse 1 of Psalms, He said, Make known His deeds amongst the people. Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. He would go into 118, verse 1 of Psalms, and he would say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. He dropped down in the bottom of that chapter 118 and verse 29 and go like this. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. I believe it's 2 Samuel 20, 22, and the writer there says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, but He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. I believe the writer of 1 Chronicles 16.34, he said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Glory be to God. God is a good God. Amen. I tell you what, if it gets any better than this, I told somebody in the store yesterday and the day before and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that, this statement. They said, how you doing? I said, if it gets any better than this, I'm going to be in heaven. Amen? I tell you what, God is good and doing great and awesome things. My lovely bride-to-be on October 10th at 4 o'clock p.m. at 8511 Waters Avenue, the light ministry. If you take a left off of coming from Lake Mayor, take a left Cahage would be to your right, a left would be to your left, and go down about a sixteenth of a mile on the right is the light at 4 p.m. Everybody is cordially invited. Cupcake, if you come, this is my beautiful bride-to-be, Kelly Jean, amen? amen? Kelly Jean Smith. I met Kelly uh, September 27th, four years ago, 2011. She was under a hood of a truck. And I went back and asked her, was she a damsel in distress? Hey! But, uh... And I said, no, I'm just taking my fluids. And I just bought this new truck and it gave me trouble. So I was just taking my fluids to make sure I was good to go. Amen. Checking her fluids. But anyway, I didn't find out till later on that she was kin to Carrie. Kelly Jean Smith, Carrie Smith, y'all got it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of Smiths in the world. I'm right? just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but, um... Things have been going real, real, real good. And uh, I'm excited about our life together and great things God's got in store and in plan. He's already been doing miraculous things. But I tell you what, greater and more powerful and supernatural things are coming our way as well as yours. Amen? Amen. I tell you tonight... Kelly is going to read chapter 3 of Malachi, not the whole chapter, but she's going to read verses 7 through 12, and then 16, 17, and 18. And I'm going to talk to you or evangelistically speak to you or preach to you or whatever it is we call it, we do it, but uh, about a God of more than enough. A God of abundance is a God of more than enough. Kelly, read and then just pray for us, if you will, and then uh, we'll get right into the Word of God. you want to read out of this one or that one? I'll read out of mine. All right. What, what translation is that? A Holy Bible? King James, King James Version. Version. That's good. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here with Kingdom Life Ministries. and It's just a blessing. And I'm so glad God has paired me up with Paul Allen Hodge. All right. I am too. Forming and molding me like a potter. The potter and I'm the clay. Amen. Glasses here. So. You do. I got some right there. 250. Is it? Ah. Oh. Yeah, I'll from there. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinance and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God, yet have God, yet have robbed me? But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offering. 
ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me. Even this whole nation bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you not the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that these shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the fields, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, 7, and 12. 16, 17, 17 and 18. For you shall be. Then, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that, that, that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return, discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Amen? Amen. Is it? Then shall you return, discern the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Amen? Father, thank you for this, this time for us to get together and worship and praise you, Lord. And we just thank you. I just, I told Paul the other day, how do we thank you enough? I just, I just, I just don't know how to thank you enough, Father. Thank you for loving me, choosing me. I just feel so honored, Father. You truly are our Heavenly Father, and you surely lead us and guide us and love us dearly. And I just love to worship you, Father. And I thank you for all you've done and what you're doing. And I know Jesus is coming back soon. This world is just, is just going crazy. And uh, we just can't wait for your return. We love you and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. A God of abundance is a God of more than enough. A God of abundance is a God of more than enough. There's a good description here. We see uh, Malachi really talking about tithes and offerings. And really what I want to talk to you about tonight or evangelistically speak to you about is tithing and giving and, and finances and different things. And actually uh, a miracle that took place in my life. And I want us to key in on verse Number 16 is a very uh, significant verse tonight in verse 16, chapter 3, about a book of remembrance. But here in verse number 10, we see God giving us a challenge to try to uh, not only persuade us, but for us to see with clarity and with understanding that if we do what God's asked us to do, by tithing, God will and shall open up the windows of heaven. I remember when I was a young lad from 13 years of age when I started doing drugs to 25 when I got delivered. I'm just nine days, excuse me, seven days short of 28 years right now. And I was thinking about my mother when I used to walk in the house and Later on, when about 15, when I started mixing drugs together and doing crazy things, and my mother would sit me down and knowing I was stoned and intoxicated and inebriated and all these other things and trying to get me help and spent gustatua amount of money trying to get me delivered and freed and all that, but she just prayed for me and believed God. And, but I remember my mama teaching me about tithing and about giving, and, and I would ask her all the time, I said, Mom, what are you teaching me about tithing and about giving offerings and doing all these things? I said, I'm not saved. I'm, I'm lost. I'm undone. I'm, I look at me now in the shape I'm in. I was, I was wasted. I'm tore up, and I've been drinking. I've been smoking dope and been doing this and doing that. And she says, oh, she says, but this might be the very day that you're saved and healed and delivered and set free. And I said, I don't know what you've been smoking or drinking 
taking or taking, but I said, you're hallucinating, Mama. Look at me, you know, and I remember her sending me back to, I'd go back to my room, and under the, under the uh, anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage, according to 10 and 27 of Isaiah, that anointing, that uh, the word of the Lord that my mother would speak into my life would convict me, and I remember going to my room and crying and shedding tears and wanting to get right with God, but, but I never would take that step, and, but she was showing me about tithing and giving, and she told me all the time, she said, Paul, she said, you'll never ever be without if you're a giver and a tither unto the kingdom of God and to the work of the Lord. And my mother, I never saw her broken. I remember many times when I was a young kid and I wouldn't have any money on me or I'd be broke or whatever else. And I'd call mom and I'd say, mom, I remember 232-3380. That was her number at Robert's department store down on uh, Drayton Street. And I, I had the relative building on the 13th floor, I think it was, and, or 8th floor, excuse me. And I'd say, mom, I said, you got any money laying around right here? I said, I want to go to the store with Mark and Dean and Tony or whoever, some of the guys in the neighborhood. She said, Paul, she said, just go to the book of Matthew in the Bible. I, of course, many of you know my testimony. I couldn't read, write, or spell before I, I got saved. At 25, I finally learned how to rewrite and spell. But, and I said, Matthew, what are you talking about? She said, well, just thumb through the pages. She said, you'll find a five or a ten. And she used to hide her money from my daddy because my daddy would steal her money and take her money. But he wouldn't go in the Bible because he was a born heathen. Amen? And, uh, but it's funny. But anyway, I'd go in there. I'd find some money or whatever. But she always always had money and she was always giving and she was always impressing upon me pay your tithes pay your tithes when you get saved don't ever miss a chance to give unto God and on and on and on and on she would go but God opens up a challenge here for us and he talks about proving us and something that Carrie just said and as well as our sister that and pull from God and see that God wants you to be totally dependent upon him he wants to be the father of uh, 7 and 11 there of Matthew he said if your earthly father being evil know how to give good gifts how much more will your heavenly father give those things unto you which you need he also told us in James 1 and 17 he said for every good gift every perfect gift come down from the fathers of lights the father of lights where there's no equivocation or shadow of turning. He's that great, big, good, awesome God, a God of abundance, a God of more than enough. But see, you've got to apply yourself. And what God does here in the Word of the Lord in chapter 3, verses 7 through 12, and then 16 through 18, is He moves Himself totally out of the equation. He wants you to grab hold of the verifiable truths of God's Word. He wants you to grab hold of what God's trying to tell us. I hear a lot of people say, but that's Old Testament scripture. Well, I hate to differ with you, but in 1812 of Luke, he says it something like this. He said, of all of my possessions, I give God a tithe. Glory be to God. I want to tell you something. It's good for the New Testament too. Amen. Out of all of my possessions, I want to tell you there's nothing that comes into Paul Hodge's life or into the ministry that I don't tithe on it in the name of the Lord. And some almost 28 years now that I've been saved and I've had the ministry for almost that length of time, I've I've never been in the black, I've, or excuse me, the red. I've always been on top of it. Sometimes it's been real close, and but I tell you what, getting along with God and grabbing hold to the horns of the altar of the Lord and pulling myself up to the table of God and saying, God, your word says this. Uh, glory be to God. And you have a book of remembrance, dear God. You know that I'm a giver and you know that I'm a tither. And I'm asking you, Lord, release unto me what belongs to me in the name of Jesus. Amen. God, hallelujah. He wants us to be blessed. Uh, he doesn't want us to be busted and disgusted. Uh, and what's so amazing is about that, we know that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly in John 10 and 10. But what is it really all about? Because when you look at the scriptures there where he says, I will rebuke the devourer if you give your tithes. What does he mean there, Paul, by rebuke the devourer? The devourer is this. Everything that you've got already, God wants you to maintain it and sustain it. He don't want the devil to get his hands on it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Uh, he's going to be your protector. He will be your not only your protector but your provider. And he wants the devil, hallelujah, to know that he's got to stand down. Uh, if God can't trust you with the 
dime on the dollar. He can't bless you with anything larger than what you've got already. But God says he would open up the windows of heaven and he would lavish upon you a blessing that you would not have room enough to contain. Why is that? Because God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that you ask and think through the power of God that worketh through you in Ephesians 3 and verse 20. That's the God I serve. Amen? He just wants to open it up in the name of Jesus. But in order for you to pierce that spot with God, you've got to give him what you not only owe him, but you ought to liberally just say, God, it's yours. You've blessed me with this, dear God. You allow me to keep 90% of it, dear Lord, and just give you 10. And God, I'm thankful in the name of the Lord. But he goes a step further. He says, not only when you do this, am I going to bless you, but I'm just, I'm going to make you an icon. I'm going to make you a representation of all that I am. And I tell you something, if we're faithful in what God's called us to do, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour it out upon your life. I think about that faithfulness of God, that we be faithful, that we be faithful full. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Romans 10, 17. God's not only wanting you to hear the word of God and receiving the word of God and for that mustard-like seed of faith and 17, 20 and Matthew swelling up within you and about you. Hallelujah. But he wants you faithful in all things. Uh, tithing, giving and, and, and in your relationship with the Lord. Fasting and praying and, and witnessing for God and staying in church together and, and fellowshipping with one another and being in communication with God because he would take us to the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy in the 1 through 68 of those verses there we notice in the first 14 verses God starts talking about if you hallelujah if you obey my commandments and do those things which I have said to you and exerb them he said I will pour these things out upon you and before you he tells us in the first 14 verses well what does he say in the first 14 verses he talks about blessing us in the field coming in and going out would be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. He'll bless our livestock. He'll bless our children. He'll bless our families, our businesses and all these things. But what's so amazing about 28 chapter of Deuteronomy verses 1 through 14 is the word shall. It's there in those 14 verses that God hallelujah mentions the word shall 27 times. I'm going, God, what's this really all about? You mentioned the word shall 27 times in 14 verses in the King James. He says, Paul, because I've made, hallelujah, a decree from the heavens and, and I want to bless you. I want to keep you. I want you to be a dependent upon me. I want to rebuke the devourer from you. I want to keep the devil out of your mind and out of your stuff. Gene was talking about in 2 Corinthians 5, 10 verses, excuse me, 10, yes, 4 and 5, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds and, and bringing our mind into the subjection and the authority of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and, and bringing it into the obedience of the Lord that we can keep the devil under our feet in the name of Jesus and bruise his head with our heel, 16 and 20 of Rome. As I, he said, for the God of peace shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus uh, and the devil shall be under your feet. Amen. Woo! Hey! Hey! Glory be to God! Hey! Hold on. But God, what is it? What is it about this shall? Lee, would you read 20, excuse me, 22, 28 of Job, please? Yes. I'm trying. She's slowing me down. Thou shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. You hear what he's saying? Listen. Listen. This is vitally important. Whatever, listen, please, whatever you shall decree, it shall be established in the light or the liberty or the spirit, or the freedom, or the power, whoo, glory be to God, shall follow along that path. Whatever you shall decree. And see, it's your responsibility. Again, God takes himself totally out of the equation. He puts it all on you. And if you do these things, you'll have what I'm talking about in 28, 1 through 14 of Deuteronomy. I want to pour it out on you. I want to lavish it on you. you let me ask you something. Has the devil ever tempted you to tithe? 
Has he? Has the devil ever tempted you to tithe? No, and he's not because he hates it. He don't want to see God's work go forth. He don't want to see people blessed. See, he wants to tie your hands. He wants to keep back what you, hallelujah, what you're able to do and what you can afford to do to advance the kingdom of God and the purpose of the Lord. But see, when we don't read the word of the Lord and understand it in the totality in which he has written and understand the revelation and the, and the divine inspiration of what God is wanting to do and, and opening up the windows of heaven, then we just lose track or we lose our way. I'm telling you something, God wants to bless us. If you're a member here of this body of believers, you need to tithe. You say, well, he don't pass the plate and he don't do that. That don't matter. Find you a way to give in the name of the Lord what you owe God. Put it in the plate and put it in the bucket or whatever you want to do. Send it in the mail. But tithe on what you get. Deposit it in the name of the Lord. Then I started wondering. I said, well, God, what is it with Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 68? We're there. Hallelujah. There's only 54 more verses there that would make a total of six. 68 in the first 14 verses that God says in 97 times the word shall in 54 verses. Glory be to God. Well, God, what is that really all about? He says this to me. He says, Paul, he says the first 14 verses where I said it, he said, I want you to get it and I want you to know that you cannot understand it with the, with the, the carnal mind or your carnal thinking. Well, you know what 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says. He says, for, the, for these things are carnal to the foolish mind or heart. He said, for they are spiritually discerned. But I said, God, well, then why are you telling us so much in 15 through 68 and 54 verses 97 times the word shall? He said, because I don't want you to go where those verses take you. He said, I want you to be blessed abundantly. I want it to overflow, overflow in your life. I want it to seep from the very cores of your flesh. I want it to ooze from the little pores in your flesh. The word of the Lord and those things that I have stored up and hallelujah, laid up for you in the name of Christ. God, hallelujah, he takes what you give him and he sees it and he writes it down in a book of remembrance. But see, what's so awesome about God is this. Through 18, 19, as Carrie's begin to read it, he pulls himself in to the matter by saying, Carrie, read that scripture, 18, 19 of Matthew. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. See that word shall? That word shall right there is mentioned three times. Any time a word is mentioned three times, it means an ongoing. It means a consistency. It means I'm going to make the devil bow down. I'm going to make him stand down. I'm going to tell him to get your hands off of God's property. He's going to put a Joel, excuse me, a Job 1 verse 10 and verse 12 out of the kingdom of God. And he's going to say, I'm putting a hedge of protection about them. And you can't touch them. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's got a wall about you because he knows you're a giver. You're a tiver. You're one of those people that Paul talked about in 4 and 19 of Philippians. He said, my God shall supply all that need according to our riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Paul wasn't just talking to somebody that opened up the Bible and thumped through there and found that scripture 4 and 19 of Philippians. No. He was talking about people as you and I are. About full of love and full of empathy and full of giving and compassion and all those things that are bearing forth the nature of who Jesus Christ was in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 in which we are for the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. The spirit of the living God is love, temperance, meekness, gentleness, self-control. All those things. Look at it not of my ability anyway God he's wanting us to get it and to understand that he's God of more than enough and a God of abundancy in the name of the Lord see your mind can't take you to where God wants to take you in our carnality of our flesh he told us in Romans 8 and 8 he said they that are in the flesh cannot please God hallelujah but those in 5 and 16 and 17 of Galatians uh, that walk in the spirit of God and beat down the flesh that wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh but we've got to bring this thing under control 
control. We've got to get out of this natural thinking that we're in. And you say, well, I'm disgusted and busted and broke already. Well, let me ask you. I have people call my house all the time. Say, Brother Paul, or my house, my car, whatever, sell your phone. I say, well, what's up? They say, well, you pray with me. I say, well, have you prayed? Well, no, not really. I said, well, you go pray 15 minutes and come on back and call me if you need me. Well, they call me back again. I said, have you studied any of the Word of God today? And they said, well, no, not really. I said, well, go and read. I, I don't want to ask you if they've been on the cell phone today. I don't want to ask you if they've been on Facebook. I, I don't want to ask you if they've been on Twitter or Twitter. Hey, man, I, I don't want to ask him that. Lie. Have you studied today the Word of the Lord? No. Well, go pray 15 minutes more. Study the Word of God for 15 minutes and do a little short sitcom and then call me back if you got a problem. Uh, okay? Are you born again? Sure I am, Paul. Are you going to church? Sometimes. Well, are you tavern when you go to church? Sometimes. Well, not really. Well, see, that's why you disgusted, busted, and broke in the name of Jesus. Ha! You got to wake up and you got to read the Word of God and you've got to digest it and ingest it that you can deposit it and discharge it into somebody else's life. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Glory! God said in Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together unless they agree? See, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they are one. Woo! Who's the other one? And I agree with the package that God has set in place and the provisions that He has made and allocated through the Word of God to me as an individual. My home church, I'm not there much, but my tithe check's there every week. That's right. Well, you know, I didn't go to church. You got a 50-cent stamp or 49, whatever it is. Put your return address on there. Put that thing in the mail. Well, it might get lost. Did you know they shipped the Hope Diamond through the post office? Did you know that? The Hope Diamond. The most expensive diamond in the, in the world, I think it is. They ship it by the postmaster. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? But the thing about it is God wants us to be blessed. And there's many of you here today that, that practice this, and I hope all of us practice it. And that's why we're where we're at with the Lord. Man, I had a buddy of mine. Usually, if I, I, I usually preach Sunday morning to Wednesday. Most of the time. 90% of the time. Thank you. And if I'm going to some place to preach, if I'm driving, and I go by one of the places I preached at before, and I know where the pastor lives or whatever, I'll stop by and see him and see how he's doing, see what's going on. And well, I was going down Highway 82 off of 95, right, right outside of Brunswick. It, whoop, took a right and was going down the road there. And Waynesville Church of God. I stopped by there to see a friend of mine, James Evans. Well, I knocked on the door, and uh, I saw the lights on, and I could see them inside the trailer through the Phoenician blind. Paul, was you peeping Tom? No, I just saw him. And I knocked on the door. Then he come to the door. I knocked again, thought, thinking they didn't hear me. Rang the doorbell this time. Still no come to door. I looked at that Benicia blind. I said, hey, pastor, I see y'all in there. He come to the door. He says, Paul, what are you doing? He said, you about a nut. I said, man, I seen y'all. I said, been trying to get your attention. He said, man, my wife's sick. And I said, man, we'll pray for her, man. And he said, I said, man, I just stopped by. Man, I noticed all the foliage and evergreens and the paint and the new steeple on the church and New boards and trim and fascia boards and all this. I mean, the, the church would just look, out in the middle of the woods, it looked, just looked phenomenal. I mean, white rocks around the beds and all this stuff, man. I mean, just, just crazy stuff. He said, man, you got a minute? I said, well, I stopped by to see you. Sure, I got a minute. What's up? He said, I told the people, I started preaching in October about tithing and giving. And he said, I started telling him about it in October, coming out of Malachi chapter 3. 
in those verses we just read. And he said, come January, if you're not a faithful tither, or you don't tithe, he said, this is what I'm going to get you to do come January 1, the first Sunday of January. He says, come the first Sunday of January, everybody start tithing. He said, check, money, envelope, however you want to do it, but make sure your name and your address is on there and what it is and what we're allocated to. Okay? He said, come March. After January and February and the end of March, the 31st of March, first day of April, he said the first day of April for you that don't tithe and you sometime tithers, if God has not blessed you and opened up the door and you've been a faithful tither and consistent in what I'm asking you to do, he says if God has not opened up the doors and blessed you abundantly and lavished on you things unexpected, surprises and all this other stuff, he said not only will I give you your tithe back, and you're offering back. He said, but I'll tag 10% on all that you've given and give it all back to you at April 1st, the first Sunday meeting. He said, we'll get together. Let me ask you something. How many people do you think that he gave back their money? I want you somebody to guess. Not one. You know why? Because what God says and what God put into operation, according to 37 and 14, as well as, excuse me, Ezekiel 37 and 14, as well as 39 and 8 of Ezekiel, he said, those things I've written down, those things that I've spurned or spawned in your heart, he said, those things I shall perform. Glory be to God. God, hallelujah. Everything he's written down in the word of God. What are you talking about, Paul? For what if some did not have the... Glory be to God. For what if some did not believe? Shall that make the faith of God of no effect? Surely not. Let God be true. But every man a liar. Romans 3, 3 and 4. Amen. God's not a God that he should lie. Everything is yes and amen with the almighty God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Usually in December is a slow month for me, but last two Decembers ago, I had the, the, the most phenomenal December I've ever had. Three revivals, week-long revivals, and preached on the Sunday before, or right there at Christmas. And I mean, it was just awesome. Usually I go on vacation in December because I only have one or two places to preach on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Sunday or whatever. And so I usually go va- skiing every year out in Vail, Colorado. Well, this year, that year, I couldn't go. So, I, was, I mean, I was just, you know, I said, man, I just can't go. You can't go. But what happened was I had a friend of mine that was building this church, and his building that he was building, it didn't, it didn't finish up. So he said, man, I'm going to go ahead, and, and I'm going to have to rebook you and reschedule you. He said, I'm sorry about this. He said, but, man, the rain has slowed us down. And all, all he said, man, it's just been one thing after another after another. He said, but, man, we, I want you to come. I just hadn't got the building ready yet. I said, all right, when do you want to move? So he moved me on down into like May or something or whatever, somewhere down in there. Well, I had this week, you know, of the 20, or excuse me, the 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th of February off, okay? So I called my CTO officer, my chief technical officer from my ministry some 20 years now of the 28th that I've had it up and running. He says, I said, man, I said, Jeremy, I said, uh, uh, can you and I go skiing out the Vail, Colorado? I said, I've got all these air mile points or sky, point, sky mile points with my uh, Capital One. And I said, man, I got enough for you and enough for me. And I said, you know, get on the computer and check it out. You know, me from Savannah to Vail and, and from you from Kentucky to Vail, you know, and see what's going. He said, Paul, he said, look here, man. He said, you know, he's, you know, I own my own business. I got four kids. And he said, man, he said, my van broke down and, and we've been having to share a car and, and things just ain't looking right and all that. And he said, I, I don't believe Nancy's going to let me go. I said, you know what, Jeremy? I shouldn't ask you if you could go anyway. I said, put her on the phone. Let me talk to her. Nancy got on the phone. I said, Nancy, how you doing? She said, fine, Paul. What's up? I said, look here, man. For all that Jeremy has done for me, you know, I send him $20 checks, $30 checks. Sometimes he's on there on the phone with me, man, four, five, six hours. I'm finally getting this computer thing, you know. About the time I really get something, something else new comes out and I'm just, you know, uh, but anyway, and he's helped me out. And I, he never cashes the check and never deposit or nothing else. And I'm like, man, I said, Nancy, all that you and Jeremy have done for me and I said I got this time off and in February it's going to be late for Vail, Colorado but snow's still good and I want to take him and you know what I mean I just want to bless him and I said I've got the airline ticket and I said I'll get the rent a car and I'll buy some of his food and I got the room with some more points and all that and so anyway she said, sure he could go well you know I didn't realize it then but I'm thinking about it now that you know well, she lets him go skiing well you know then she could go somewhere you know what I'm saying you know what I mean anyway yeah he can go 
So I had 99,000 points from him to fly from Crestwood. Actually, he lives in Crestwood, Kentucky, but to fly from Louisville, Kentucky was 30,000. And for me to fly from Savannah, Georgia to Vail, Colorado was 60,000. I still had nine left over. Hallelujah. Anyway, so here we are. We get out there. Get the rented car. He's got his skis. He's got his boots and all that gear and all. I needed skis and boots and, and, and I had all the rest of it. So that day, the 24th, we just got all our stuff together to rent a car, and we went to this place, and actually, I didn't use my points there because we decided we would stay at the Roost. The Roost is tore down now. The Marriott bought the property. This place was a dump. It's where all the college kids stayed, and everything was tore up, broke up. I mean, it was terrible. But I went in there with my 99.99 bacteria spray called Lysol. Shh. I wasted two cans on that place, believe me. Shh. We had two beds, and, and every morning we'd get up about 6 o'clock, and we'd go down there to the lobby, and we'd get us a little something to eat, and we'd come back to the room, and we'd read some of the Word of God, and, and we'd pray, and we'd bounce things off of one another, and confide in one another, and all that, and he again reiterated that his van was broke down, and him and his wife were trying to share, taking four kids, and they're like doorsteps, the youngest one's eight, the, the oldest one's just turned 16, she's going to be able to help out now a little bit with taking here and there, of course, you know the deal, but anyway, we're sitting on the bed, and we got we're praying, and I asked him, I said, Jeremy, I says, anything you're really in desperate need of and anything that we need to really get the attention of God with? And he says, Paul, I told you, you know, my van's broke down and we're doing this one car thing and it's, you know, he's, he's just kind of uh, stressful and all that. And, and this is what I told him. I said, Jeremy, you know, if I had the money to buy you a van or a car, I said, I would do it. I would. He, he said, this is what he told me. He said, Paul, I knew you would. I said, yeah, man, I would. I'm not I said, we're going to pray about it. Let's pray about it. So we was praying, prayed a few minutes, and he prayed a few minutes, and got our stuff together, went and caught slopes when they opened up, skied all day, come back, hot tub, go out to eat, and by the end of the day, man, you're ready to crash anyway when you ski all day. Anyway, so we get back, and on February 29th, we get back, and I get to the house and go through my normal routine and all the things that I do. Well, a week later, I was supposed to be at his father's church in LaGrange, Kentucky, preaching for the Assembly of God Church. Last service, last day, last night, because Wednesday night's the last night, I'm going to be leaving out Thursday morning early so I can get back to Savannah and get ready for the next place I got to go and wash my clothes and just rejuvenate and fast and get ready, you know. Well, I'm sitting on the front row about where Scott's sitting. Pastor Broyles is standing here, and he's introducing me, and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, hey. I said, what? He said, you remember what you told Jeremy out there in Vail, Colorado? That if you had the money... You would give him money to get him a car. I said, Lord, you most certainly know I didn't remember it. Paul Hodge, would y'all welcome him to the pulpit? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I got up there and I'm standing behind the podium. And as I began to open up the Bible and the word of the Lord, the Lord spoke to me again. He said, I want you to give him everything that comes in on this offering this week to him for his new car. Well, see, that was the end of, end of February. In March, I'm out there preaching for his daddy. And I get back to the house. When I get back to the house, you've got to understand something. I've been looking for a new car for all, a little over a year. I got excellent, outstanding credit. I, I don't know, I've topped out now. I think it was 776 because I got something else the other day. But anyway... For the middle one, the Equifax, TransUnion. What's, what are the TransUnion, Equifax, and yeah, or yeah, who? Thank you, man of God. So anyway, I got my pastor riding me all around. We're trying to find, I'm, I want a Lexus, I want a Lexus, I want a Lexus. Do I have the cash, the money to pay for it? No, excellent credit. Well, on March 21st, when I got back to the house and back the truck into a driveway, I went right into my office there and wrote a check out 
for $1,330.28. That check is right here. I wrote that check on March 21st of 2013. On the bottom, down in the memo, I put down there for my new car. I gave him the check, Jeremy. I sent it to him. He got it in the mail. He calls me up. He said, Paul, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? I sure have. I got the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. I said, I heard the voice of God tell me personally. See, the devil ain't going to tell you to give anybody anything. He, he's, he's, he wants to hoard. He wants to take. He wants to keep. Wants to keep us in bondage with our giving. Anyway, he said, man, look here. I heard the voice of God. I heard the Lord. Inside of my hands, it's already been allocated and written off in my checkbook. You can do with it what you want. It's done. He said, man, you got a mortgage to pay. You got this, da, 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 da. I said, brother, I don't even want to hear it. I got to go. Hung up. Me and Jeremy usually talk one, once, twice, three, four times, how many times a day? So anyway, come August, or excuse me, September, 20th of the same year. Jeremy sends me a text picture of the van that he wants to buy and then his call is right behind it. And he says, Paul, he says, I'm going to go ahead and deposit that $1,330.28 because I need it for this nice van that I found. I said, yeah, I'm looking at it right here as I'm talking to you. That was on the 20th of September that he called me. On the 22nd of September, two days later, I went to my post office box, got all my mail, did like most people, threw it in the seat, got on back to the house, got a cup of coffee, whatever else, went on back to the house, started opening up, going through my bills, sorting everything out. Now, looking there, I said, man, what is this? Opened it up. Inside was this check for $10,000. So I started huckabucking. I tried to look for a place big enough to contain me, and there wasn't. And about that time, I hear my phone, ding, ding. I pick it up, man, and I'm in shambles, man. I got tears flowing. I got snot coming down my cheeks. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wreck. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a holy, I'm a, whoa, hi, I'm a holy ghost wreck. Pick up the phone. Always answer my phone. I got to quit doing that. Anyway, it's cheering me. Jeremy starts flipping out, man. Paul, what's wrong? What's going on? I said, nothing, man. I said, you wouldn't believe what I'm holding in my hand. He said, I thought something happened. He said, what you holding in your hand? He's an assembly of God pastor's son. Hallelujah. I said, Jeremy, I'm holding a check for $10,000 for my new car. I said, do you remember what I wrote on the bottom of your check? 321 of March. Hallelujah. He said, yeah. I said, I got it. He said, Paul, with tears in a very frog in his throat he said you have made a believer out of me glory be to God I want to tell you I didn't have the money to spend on it my Mercedes had 310,000 miles on it been driving it for 14 years I said no no no, no. I'm going hallelujah I've been looking at uh, Charleston Lexus I've been looking at the Lexus at Savannah I've been in Brunswick I've been I've been all over hallelujah no sooner listen Y'all are not getting this. Y'all are not getting this. You got to understand. This check for $10,000 was written on the 20th of September when Jeremy decided he's going to make the deposit. I was a little delayed by Jeremy. What? Hey. Hi. Do you know when it came? It came on the 22nd, two days later, when Jeremy had made the final deal. <laughs> Woo! 
Y'all ain't getting it. A God of abundance is a, a God of more than enough. I'm telling you, God, He's able. He's more than able. In the name of Jesus. That one out there outside, it's got are you saved with a question mark on the driver's side door. And it's got are you saved on the passenger side door. And on the back, back there where the tag is, are you saved minus the question mark. Glory be to God. And we'll run for chocolate. Hallelujah. That's my Lexus. And that was... <laughs> Woo! I tell you what. Hey, I'm fixing to shout. Woo! I tell you, this will make Episcopalian huckabuck. I'm telling you something. Glory be to God. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. Are we giving God what's right or what's left? Let let, Let me break it down to you. Let me break it down to you. What we're actually doing is we're letting a dime stand in between us and the blessings of God. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean one dime? You're allowing one dime to stop the flow of a 28 of Deuteronomy 1 through 14? You're allowing the God not to be able to open up the windows of heaven on your life because of a dime? A dime. God's fixing to turn some things around on a dime. Woo! Hey, I tell you what, you keep holding on, you keep believing God, you keep doing what you've been doing, you keep giving Him what God's asked you to give Him, He's going to turn it around. Woo! Hallelujah! And I'm a sheet cutting the I tell you something, on a dime! <laughs> a dime! A dime! A dime! Ten pennies! You know what's amazing about that, though, is? On this $1,330.28, I still had to tithe on that. I still gave an offering on that. Now, only I give it back to Him. Look here. See, God says He's going to open up the windows of heaven for you. He want, He's presenting there a challenge. He wants to prove Himself. But when you give over and above the dime into the next category, which is a one, makes it 11%, where we start the process over again. Because, see, your offering is over and above what you give. Your offering is not a tithe. Your offering is an offering. Your tithe is a tithe. And we don't need to confuse the two. But faithfulness in what you do for the Lord opens up the windows of heaven. Look, I'm blessed. I'm telling you, I'm blessed. And it ain't because I have my education. I didn't have any education. It ain't because two years of college that, uh-uh. It's all been because I've been faithful. Since day one, when I'm born again, October 9, 1987, to this day, I've never, ever missed a tithe that I owe God. And if I think that I might have missed it, I just tithe it again. God, here it is. Let me tell you another funny story. Y'all ready? My mom. Well, well, thank you, sister. My mom. She taught me about tithing. and The way I understood it was this. 
When I got paid, I moved back home with my mom after my daddy died March 13, 1986, and his last dying breath from cigarette smoking cancer he died of, and had in his lung, his chest, his abdomen, his head, his brain, all this. And I mean, it was just, he smoked himself to death. The, the, what are they, baby? Death sticks is what my cupcake calls them. They truly are. But he asked me to move back home with my mother and for her to watch after and watch over. For me to do that for her, watch over her and take care of her and all that, my mother didn't even take care of. He got saved 66 days before he died. And he knew that my mom was where that presence of God was and the praying that she did and all these things. I had a great job. After I moved back home, I was a stevedore down at the docks for Ryan Walsh and taking the import and the export on the ships and looking after over the longshoremen and just telling them what to do and getting the ship packed or loaded or whatever. And But... Man, I was making gustatua amount of money, which is gustatua is a bunch of money. I was making a lot of money. I was working a lot of hours. And just making unbelievable money. Well, I was writing a tithe check, and then the amount of money that was for my tithe check, I was writing an offering check for the same amount of money. And then, because I've been a heathen for 25 years, I had a big debt. All the drugs... All the jail, all the DUIs, all the bitch violator, all the stuff I had going on. And I would say, Mom, can I borrow some money till I get paid? Then I'd borrow money from her, then I'd have to pay her back too. Paul, where's all your money, son? And I said, Well, Mama, this is a mother's love. I said, Mom, I wrote the tithe check, 25 years old. I got the education of a kindergartner. Things ain't, I just, I'm not playing with a full deck. I'm one fry short of a Happy Meal. My elevator ain't going to the top quite yet. I'm just getting off drugs and crack and acid and amphetamines and barbiturates and pouring around with the world drinking and drugging and doing all this stuff. I, I'm just... I don't know much about the Lord, but I just know what He's telling me and what I'd heard my mom say to me all through those years of my drunken stupor and my abuse and, and intoxication and the inebriation of drugs and alcohol. And all this is coming back to my mind because now I'm saving them. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be in the Lord. I, I'm doing what God's called me to do. And, but mama, I just, I wrote the tab check and then I wrote the, the offering check. And she looked at my checkbook. And she said, okay. How much money do you need till you get paid next week? I said, I don't know if we can just start out with $75 or $100. Just sure. She didn't criticize me. She didn't correct me. She knew that I was doing my best to read the Word of the Lord when I'd wake up before the roosters every morning and send over the Word of God. She knew that I was going to read every day. She knew I was going to fast every week. She knew I was going to be in church every time the doors was open. He'll get it. He'll get it. She didn't tell me that your tithes one and your offerings one and they're not one of the same. She didn't tell me that. She didn't want to stop in me what God was doing. And God doesn't want you to stop what He wants to do in your life. And I finally learned about it, of course, and started getting it kind of acclimated. I don't know, I'm done. I'm done. Don't have a mama and my daddy anymore. But I got a God that says He's going to take care of me on a dime. Lee, one. Uh, 
ですか One dime. You ever looked at it like that? One dime. Man, I think about T.D. Jakes. Cupcake. He was broke, disgusted, and busted on welfare, getting food stamps. But he got saved. Man, he's a multi, multi millionaire. Because of one dime. One of my very best friends, Eugene Charles Hall. Y'all know him as Apostle Gene Hall. That's why he's so blessed. Because he knows the power of the dime. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about see how this chip thing's going to work out where we plug in our credit card in the back side of that thing now. Walmart, you know. It's coming. It's coming. It's here. I could preach to you about where's the Mormons at? Utah. That four-story tall, four stories long computer they got that's keeping everybody's data on your tweeter and your cell phone and all that. It's already in operation. It's, it's here. God will always sustain you. He will always keep you. If you do what He's asked you to do. He's not going to force your hand. He's not going to make you do it. Because you're a free mortal agent to do what you want to do. By your choices that you make. I know this wasn't a hanging from the chandelier message. I was hanging. Y'all were just <laughs> I was hanging about myself. Sometimes it's just gonna be you and God. Woo! I don't know. I I appreciate Gene Hall and Apostle Hall giving me the opportunity to be here with you guys. I I love y'all much. And his beautiful wife and family. I gotta share something with you. I can't believe this. I don't I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Scott and I have been friends for a long time. I met Scott outside of Malone's because I was drinking and drugging and snorting and smoking and all that and I love to fight. I didn't get all I don't look like this because I was babysitting, I guarantee you. <laughs> but I'd take him on outside. And I'd get whipped sometimes, some, most, a lot more won than lost. But I met Scott. He pulled a couple of them off of me, man. I got up and took off running. But I remembered his face. And I believe it was the next day I met him at the beach. And we've been friends ever since. I was 13 years old going to bars because my brother-in-law was worked for all those big guys that owned the bars. And I'd get in there. It was just, that's the way it was back in those days. But anyway, I was at Stonehenge. And I went outside, man, with four guys that night. And they took me in the back behind that bank and in that little alley, that little culture sack. And I had five gold chains around my neck and a gold bracelet on and all this on. And they beat me to a pulp. Left me there to die, I guess. And finally, somebody heard me back there and got me. I mean, just the grace of God because my mama was a tiver. My mama was a tiver. You know why Donald Trump, look it up and Google it. Donald Trump's mother, she's still alive. She's a tiber. She taught Donald about tithing. Anyway, I got pretty beat up. So the next morning, after Friday night, was Saturday. And I was working with, with Gene. And I got in the truck, man. I always smelled like a brewery. And he says, man. <laughs> he says, I hope that 
other guy looks worse than you do. So, man, there's four of them, man. He liked to kill me. I couldn't hardly move and all that. And he noticed all my gold chains was gone, and I just, I, I just looked bad. Gene reached down in his ashtray, pulled out this little nugget. Didn't have the diamond in it. I put the diamond in it. He said, Paul, he said, see what you can do with this. I said, all right. Thank you. I never will. I went home. Scott, that day with that little nugget he gave me and bought this chain at Zale Jewelers at the mall. I mean, man, it's just, just the goodness of God. It's over and over and over and over, man, if you're a tither. I wish I could tell you more. I can't tell you more. We've got to quit. But if you're sick in body, he said that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall cover. See, the word shall, I forgot to tell you this, the word shall is a decree from the Lord. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost got together in the heavens and they said, this is the plan. This is how we're going to implement it. If my children, my sons and daughters, would just follow it. 21.7 Revelations. He that overcometh, I shall be his God. And they shall be my sons and daughters. When we overcome the doubt and the fear of what God's asked us to do and just move into that vein, it happens. If you're sick in body, we want to pray for you. If you've got a, a crucial or a need that needs to, to, to be met expeditiously or speedily, I want you to come. Stand to your feet all over the building, if you will, please. If you've got whatever need, it doesn't matter. If you don't want to voice it, that's fine. But I tell you, let's put something in motion to, tonight. Whatever you need prayer for or whatever we can pray for. Scott, I want you to come if you will. And Carrie, are you going to the bathroom? Go ahead. I know what he's doing. I've done that before. Tomorrow. Brother, will you come? Brothers, will y'all come? He said in 1818 to Matthew, he said, I, uh, 